It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. So excited to have in the studio with me, I call him Josh, Joshua Stavros, who is the Media and Public Relations Manager with Utah Shakespeare Festival. Josh, Joshua, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be back. Okay, so which do you prefer, Josh or Joshua? Josh is perfect. Shakes or Shakespeare? (laughs) (laughs) Joshy Shakes. (laughs) That that sounds actually like a rap name. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit, and even as we uh, tease with rap, what's been wonderful to see the evolution of the theater of the Utah Shakespeare Festival. I don't say rap because you're performing that, but the sense that there's always something new and coming and yet the traditions behind us. So you're going to give us a little flavor. Yep. Uh, Our artistic directors always like to say, you know, we honor the past with a keen eye to the future. And this year is a perfect example of that. Uh, We are calling it our season of adventure. Uh, There's so we have more when we we have premieres we have classic shakespeare plays we've got a bunch of new stuff this year that really honor that idea of you know keeping the great classics alive whether it's shakespeare or robert louis stevenson and looking forward with uh, new adaptations of work and, and a brand new world premiere of a new play this year. Well, when you say seasons of adventure, season of adventure, I had friends saying they're getting ready to come down uh, this summer to see a show that had pirates in it. Are we talking Treasure Island? We are talking Treasure Island. Yep, it's a brand new adaptation of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's you know classic piece of literature. Uh, a woman named Mary Zimmerman, who's a wonderful director and uh, playwright out of Chicago, has a really fun, fast, exciting new adaptation of Treasure Island. And this is actually its regional premiere. It's never been done out west. And wow. we're excited. It's I mean, it's such a great story. I mean, I Can I, I just tell you, most people have not read the story, but they maybe watched a Muppet that I was pr- gonna, show. Right? I was gonna say, mm-hmm. I am sad to say that my introduction to the story was through the Muppets mm-hmm. uh, and the old the old old Disney version of the of the movie. Uh, that was sort of scary, but really good. Uh, but yeah, that sort of granddaddy of great golden age of pirate Shakespearean in the sense that a you know, big grand adventure and great language. But uh, it's a new fun adaptation. That lots uh, small cast, lots of characters. The set is amazing. Um, there's some pictures up. There'll be some pictures up on our website, bard.org. But uh, it it sets the tone, I think, for a really fun, adventurous. Whether talking adventure of love, adventure and excitement, or uh, adventures. Uh, in in life, uh, it's a good example. Of some season. of your greatest shows are dramas. Some are comedies. Would you put Treasure Island as an adventurous drama, or does it have some lighter parts to the show as well? I would call it a, 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 a more of on the comedy side. It's definitely okay. something aimed at, uh, and uh, the director Sean Graney wants to make sure that it's perfect for families, great for kids, fun, exciting, adventurous, swashbuckling adventure without being too heavy or hard. And there's live music as part of the show uh, on stage. So that's going to be, it's not a musical, but there's, you know, great music that goes along. Instruments with from that time period, mm-hmm. yep. that yep. kind of representation. So you said it's a small cast. Do you have cast members that are playing multiple roles? Yep, we do. That's fantastic. Which always keeps the show energized and think, you know, it's it's fun. It's really fun for, as audiences, for audiences, I think, to sort of see, for me at least, to see people changing back and forth and becoming different people and where what stage will Treasure Island be performed on? It'll be on our indoor Randall L Jones uh, stage. Okay. Running uh from end of June all the way to the end of uh uh, September. How fantastic. Let me just tell, for those of you who are just joining us, as I mentioned, we're with Josh Stravos, Stavros, who is with Media and Community Relations with the Utah Shakespeare Festival. When you have a big play 
like Treasure Island, you do want to get your tickets now because these are the plays that will sell out. Yep. And you think, oh no, it's, you know. It's so. a play that buzz, once the buzz gets going, yeah. you want to bring, you want to come, you want to bring your family and, and enjoy the adventure. Okay. And this is the premiere. Regional premiere. Regional it's, it's, premiere. It's, it's, was, it was in Chicago and back east, but this is the first time it's really been done. West of the Mississippi. West, yes. How exciting. Okay. The end of June, Treasure Island. And you said the director was Mary Zimmerman? Uh, playwright uh, okay. adapted by Mary Zimmerman, Sean Graney is the okay. director. It was first time with having him with us. Now, for those who are also looking for more information or backstories about the plots, one of the things I've really enjoyed about the Utah Shakespeare Festival is that you're big on education. Yes. <laughs> because there's something else about having a story unfold in front of you where you have a much more context and understanding. Exactly. We see it the same way that mm-hmm. it's we want to make sure that everybody comes prepared with as much or as little information as they need to feel that context and be comfortable, whether you're uh, having what we call sometimes called Shakespeare, where the language isn't quite what you think <laughs> it will be and you want to know the story so you don't have to worry, or you just want context and more information about the author or some of the actors or the directing the time the design period. teams. Yeah, the time sure. period. Uh, that will enhance your uh, theater going. So experience. that will happen with some green shows, or in the uh, green? yes, uh, we it, it, not not directly. One of the green okay. shows is called Adventure, but what. Uh, We've got some sort of something new this year for the Green Shows. For those of you who haven't been before, it's an hour uh, of free, about a half hour free entertainment that happens before our plays, designed to get you comfortable and a chance to relax and maybe get some food. I feel like just... I'm in old England, right <laughs> in the middle. Everyone's walking around in these. Uh, it's not Elizabethan, is it? What time it's period? A little okay. bit, yeah. That, that's that's definitely the theme mm-hmm. we've we've gone for. Uh, the clothing, bit... the food, it's really fun. The food is great, and there's more this year. If you were here last year and wanted more food, we heard you, and we've got lots more food offerings. More more tarts. More tarts. More kiosks with more frozen yogurt we've got some uh on the new center we've done a lot in the last year to really beef up what's around as people get used to coming to our new beautiful theaters uh but the director of the green show and creator this year is a man named chris utley and his day job when he's not here in uh in utah is he works for the walt disney company in disneyland running and designing some of their uh live shows all throughout the the my goodness what a find yeah, he's been a huge fan of the festival for years and has done some really amazing work sort of uh, reinventing uh, our green shows, uh, arranging them thematically. So we have love, laughter, and adventure are the three themes um, with some really fun, great music, some great audience participation for those so inclined or interested. Uh, and- I recommend it, absolutely. <laughs> Get there an hour and a half, two hours early at least to enjoy that. If you can, if you're going to run into the theater, you're still going to love it. But boy, it talks about you just capture yeah. the feel of a Shakespearean play or the theater in itself. There's also information online, too. Yep. So you can click at some of the reviews on the Utah Shakespeare Festival website, get the background. And then do you also have some lectures? Yep. We, uh, we online, we have uh, live audio. We have audio orientations, recorded podcast style orientations to give you a little information on the play. We also do them on site. Uh, before each show in the afternoon and the evening. And then we have a discussion, we call them play seminars, uh, following the show the next morning to talk about what you saw. As you said, context sort of works in two directions. We want you comfortable going in, but we hope that coming and seeing a great piece of theater makes you have questions or things you want to talk about, and we want to provide a forum. Like, for why that did you do it that way yeah. as well? Why were you presenting it? Yep. What did that mean? Mm-hmm. Why did you do it that way? What What was, you know, tell us all. We wanted to talk as much as we can about uh, your re- inner in- experience uh, at the shows. And then all, a lot of that is also posted online at bard.org or right. on our website. And that's where you can get the tickets, too. So that big emphasis was on the original premiere of Treasure Island. But that's just one. One of, of nine. Okay, let's nine get there. Shows. What is- uh, so also in the Randall Jones Theater, we have uh, uh, Shake- William Shakespeare's uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Wow. I haven't seen that uh, at your at 
for a couple of years. It's been a right? while, and we've it's been a really long time since we've done it inside. Okay. And when we do our outdoor theater, we try to f- keep things in the in a sort of a more uh, classic vein, though we've bent those rules a little bit in the past. Uh, this show is set indoors, and it's or is in, we're producing in our indoor theater, and it's set in the 1920s. The sort of uh, loosening of restrictions, the sort of Roaring Twenties. Think Great Gatsby, uh, Erte sort of artistic style, and it's going to be a really fun, uh, fast adventure uh, of you know young lovers and fairies and <laughs> silly folk in the forest uh, of but Athens. It's set in the nineteen nineteen twenties. Yeah. Wow. So it's got a really fun vibe, uh, especially when you see you know looking. You can look at pictures on our website as well. Uh, you can see that there's some the costume work in the show, particularly and set is uh, really fantastic, spectacular. And, the, and it's, it's, it provides an interesting lens to see the story that you know you've got these the characters in Athens are sort of there's a strictness and a and an orderliness, and then you go out to the forest and it's kind of wild and crazy, uh, which in in many ways I think mirrors you know what was going on at the time. That's sort of the end of the Great War and moving into the sort of liberation of ideas and thoughts and and adventure in. The 1920s. They definitely were the haves and the have-nots yeah, that's, as well. That, that's there as well. And it's one of the most famous Shakespeare plays at, at all as Midnight, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yep. It's, it's one of his most accessible. It's an easy story to follow. The characters are fun. Um, and it's uh, if, if you're looking for an introduction to Shakespeare mm-hmm. and you're afraid of pumpkin pants and ruffs and all those kind of things. Uh, Mids- <laughs> I don't think I've even heard of a pumpkin pants. <laughs> those are the sort of floofy oh, okay. pants that, that come <laughs> – <laughs> that so you so often see in Elizabethan or in Shakespeare productions, but uh, Midsummer is a good introductory Shakespeare play that I think Wonderful. anyone that can enjoy indoors. Indoors, Randall Jones, yep. okay. Air yep. When does that start? Uh, we open end of June, and that mm-hmm. plays all the way through the end of October as well. Ooh, stretches into yep, it because stretches it's into going to be another really popular play. Yep, that's right. People got you. Okay, that's door number two. Door number three. Uh, door number three is the Pulitzer Prize winning American classic musical uh, Guys and Dolls. Wow. Which we've never done before at the Shakespeare Festival, which is, you know, in 55 years, we've only been doing musicals for probably 20 of those. So it's always fun to get another great musical that we've never done. Classic, too. Great music, incredibly well acted. Our artistic director, Brian Vaughn, is playing Sky Masterson, for those of you Brian Vaughn fans out there. And then Quinn Matfeld, who's been with us for many years, uh, he's been on the national tour of Matilda for a while, but just got off and decided to come back. I with saw us. it, by the way. Love yeah. Matilda. He, saw it in New York play, City as played, well as when it was touring here. Oh, cool. He played the dad on the tour, uh, Matilda's dad. Wow. Anyway, he's playing yeah. Nathan Detroit. So we've got some festival favorites, some new faces. Uh, I was just in rehearsal last week. The music is incredible, and it's so well sung, so well acted. So I'm embarrassed that I can't remember the time period of Guys and Dolls. It's, is it 60s? It's funny you should say that. Uh-huh. It's actually been it's, it's one of those musicals that people kind of flex. It can be anywhere from the 30s and 40s all the way to the 60s. Ours is set in sort of the late 40s, early 50s. So it's sort of got that fun golden age of America feel, but the costumes are A little are bit bright. of big band yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, bright, colorful, great songs like Luck Be a Lady, uh, uh, sit down, you're rocking the boat, and, and many, many others. But it's it's one of them. It's, Let it's be a, a lady. It's Frank Sinatra yep, right there. That's right. Wow. Okay, so guys and dolls. Guys and dolls. So those are our three. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall, in the Randall Theater, will be a uh, world premiere adaptation of a George M. Cohan play called The Tavern. George M. Cohan is most well known as a songwriter. Sounds like Yankee Doodle Dandy. Um, give my regards to Broadway. But he also wrote some non musical plays, and we've adapted one to take place in Southern Utah. And so it's got some fun local humor, I think, local to Utah and Southern Nevada, particularly. But uh, we've have we've had some sort of Utah historical expert, experts working with the author to put some fun stuff in there. And it's a story that takes place the storm of the century in Southern Utah at a tavern, more like an inn than a bar. But uh, there's a mysterious visitor. There are secrets. There's mistaken identities. 
and it's a fun. It happens in real life too in Southern Utah as well. All oh, of yeah, that. it all happens in Southern Utah. <laughs> yeah, really, no kidding. Storms storms are not uncommon in August, yeah. especially. So, uh, wow. what's the name of that again? The Tavern. The Tavern. Yep. Okay, and, and that's it, in the fall. And that's in the fall. Okay, but it's in indoors. So then, uh, switching across the courtyard to our outdoor Engelstad Shakespeare Theater. Which can theater. I just do a round of applause for the new outdoor theater? The acoustics are spectacular, mm-hmm. and you still feel like. Um, you, I, I guess it gives us the opportunity to really feel like what it would be like to be hundreds of years ago sitting in theater in the round. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say yeah, that. We worked so it. we worked so hard to keep that uh, intimacy and keep it all close. No matter how big the building may look on the outside from the street, as soon as you get into the inside and you get to the theater, it's like, oh yeah, I know this place. And we've actually even made it look more like the old classic Globe from England this year because uh, the one, two of the three shows are uh, tied together in such a way uh, that we've, we're doing uh, a regional premiere in many ways. We're one of three theater companies uh, in the America producing the premiere of Shakespeare in Love based on the film of the same name. Uh, so it will have it'll be heavy on music as well, or uh, it's got some music. Mm-hmm. It's but uh, it's mostly sort of the fictionalized but fun storytelling of how Romeo and Juliet came to be. So we've got a young man playing you William know, up and coming William Shakespeare, sure. trying to figure out. He's working on a play right now called Romeo and Ethel, the Pirate's Daughter. Uh, <laughs> Ethel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad title. So he's trying to figure out how to how to figure out you know find his muse, and he meets this beautiful woman named Violet Lesseps, who's a young sort of noble woman who's engaged to be married to somebody else, but he falls madly in love with her. And she knows him as a writer, and she loves the theater and loves his work uh, and loves it so much that she, uh, in a fit of excitement, decides to dress up as a young man and come watch the theater auditions. And she's frustrated that all these young – in Shakespeare's day, women weren't allowed on the stage. So all these young boys are auditioning, and she's not happy with any of them. So she, dressed up as a man, jumps up on stage and auditions – and everybody falls in love with her reading, and she gets cast as the name changed to Juliet in the up and in the play that's being developed so as you watch. So it is a Romeo. woman pretending to be a boy pretending, pretending to, to be, be a, a woman. woman. That's right. And as you can imagine, with a setup like that, hilarity and uh, and laughter and romance. Well, the movie ensues. itself just swept people away. It was a uh, verified love story too. It so, was wow, award winning. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Joseph Fiennes, and uh, Judy Dench won an Academy Award for being on screen for something like fifteen minutes. So uh, we are one of three theater companies. Chicago, or Oregon, and us are the three companies this Shakespeare year. Shakespeare and Love Shakespeare in the love. round, in the, outdoors. In the outdoor theater. We're the only one producing that way. Wow. So uh, once we got the rights, we thought, okay, what goes well with this? What are we going to do? And our brilliant artistic director said, let's do Romeo and Juliet because the play is about Romeo and Juliet. And we'll do some shared casting between the shows. So the woman playing Viola. Who plays Juliet in Romeo? In, is playing Juliet, is playing in, Juliet Romeo in Romeo Juliet. and Juliet. Wow. The man who plays William Shakespeare isn't playing Romeo, but he's playing Tybalt. Uh, the woman who plays Viola's nurse in uh, Shakespeare in Love is also playing Juliet's nurse in Romeo and Juliet. One of the things that stuns me, and and you know anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge uh, literature fan. Love Shakespeare, and I love the Utah Shakespeare Festival because to me, it brings us stories of our lives that have been some of them classical stories of, of good and bad, and the conflict within ourselves, and 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 the prejudices that we face, and the difficulties of love and families, and it's all on stage yep. together with some of the best actors you will find from around the world, yep. all brought to southern Utah, but when I sit in the chairs like I did just uh, last year, and I remember thinking, how do we find this caliber of talent 
who have the lines mastered speaking in accents <laughs> with and, and then they do a different play the ne- next night. It's, it's just phenomenal. Well, I think that's actually part of why we can get such good talent is people like the challenge of being able to come to a place as beautiful as Southern Utah and explore that by itself, but then come and do multiple roles uh, in multiple theaters and this just the the intellectual and the, and theatrical challenge that it is. Yeah, ex- exactly. And we have a really good reputation, we we think, uh, in, in our industry and with our audiences. I think once for, you get a Tony Award, I yeah, think you can I say Yeah, I think we yes. can say that we have mm-hmm. a pretty good reputation. Uh, in, for, for that, for just what you're talking about, for good storytelling, that, that good literature, whether it's on the stage or in your hand, uh, makes you think and ask questions and want to learn more and, and, fo- and, and, and focus inward and, and, and outward at the same time. There's so much that comes from consuming a good piece of literature, whether you're watching or reading it. And I know that, for at least speaking for myself, that's one of the things I love about working at a place like this is my job is to sit in the theater and communicate with other people about coming down and experiencing something magical, to hearing a great story and creating, you know, as you have for, with your family over many years and so many others have too, creating your own stories that we're a part of, that you come to Southern Utah and it provokes questions and conversations. I've, I've, I've loved watching, you know, families will walk out of a theater and they'll be you know, anxiously engaged in some very high-level conversation about what they just saw, and and there's very few things that I think give that uh, give us that anymore. Well, and you go to the archety- archetypal story of Romeo and Juliet. Once that story was laid out, we have been struggling with the ending forever. Oh yeah, and and that thought of what could have been done to prevent. I mean, you sit there thinking, oh no, no. It's going to play out again. And and yet we as human beings, we play that story out in many different ways, whether it be our own lives or whether it just be the risks around our lives and the self-destruction when we're clouded by love. Yep. Right. Well, and, and I think one of the other things that comes right along with that is you so you identify so differently with different characters depending on where you're at in your own life. You know, as you're young – there's no question you're probably identifying with Tybalt or Romeo and or Juliet Mercutio, or Mercutio yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. that, and then as you get older, you're like, what? And you're thinking about, you know, you become a parent for the first time or you're thinking about it. The t- play takes on an entirely different and far more tragic experience. Or you're a family friend and you want to help people and you identify with the friar or you're Benvolio and watching your friends do dumb, terrible things. And I think that's what's so cool about, you know, Romeo and Juliet. While it's one of the most common plays, everybody knows the story, though a surprisingly a surprising number of people don't haven't always seen it on stage. I'm always surprised to hear, oh, no, I haven't seen that on stage. Wow. But we all know the story, as you say, and, and, and depending on where you're at, it can, it can affect you in, in new and different ways, even if you've seen it before. And, and, and you're going to love that. And seeing two of the, you know, Shakespeare in Love and Romeo and Juliet together, while there isn't always a one-to-one correlation with the casting or the story, you know, Ro- uh, Shakespeare in Love is set uh, in very classic Elizabethan England, 1590s, uh, early 1600s. And then, you know, Romeo and Juliet, we went for a very classic traditional Italian Renaissance. So th- they won't look the same. But there'll be some interesting connective tissue, I think, for people who are willing to come see both. For those who have just joined us, this is Josh Stravos. He's Media and Community Relations with the Utah Shakespeare Festival. And we are getting a breakdown of the incredible shows that are kicked off at the end of June and run through the summer, summer in the fall. We've identified a few we're talking about in the theater in the round, Shakespeare in Love, Romeo and Juliet. What else? We have about six minutes together. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, the last few shows, uh, in the Engelstad Theater, we have the Shakespeare comedy As You Like It. Uh, the story of a uh, young Rosalind who leaves her t- town of, and adventures into the forest of Arden, again dressed as a man to protect herself and her friends, and sees the man she's in love with, uh, who now she sees that he's in love with her, but she's dressed as a man and uh, is going to help him figure out how to woo her. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's, uh, and it's another one of those great Shakespeare comedies that people have 
when, once you see it, you're like, oh, I know this story or, oh, I've heard those lines. It's, it's very popular. So those are our two main th- – it runs uh, June through uh, the end of August. In our brand-new 200-seat studio theater, uh, we have uh, two new plays, two relatively new plays, one world premiere. Uh, the new play is uh, – it's the longest title in the universe. It's William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged. Wow. Well done, by the way. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> it's three actors. For those of you who have seen uh, complete works of William Shakespeare here or other places, uh, it's the same authors who wrote that and developed it uh, in the reduced Shakespeare company. Uh, and it's the, the setup is essentially in a, manu- in a, in a parking lot in England, uh, buried deep, was found the original manuscript of William Shakespeare's first play. It's over a thousand pages and has all of his characters interacting in sort of fun and unusual ways. And the three actors on our stage are going to put on that play in a truncated form for the audience. Oh, how rich uh, would that be? Wow. It's so funny. And it's in our smallest theater, 200 seats. So you're right up close. Everything's right uh, in your lap. Uh, and the actor's uh, comedic work is amazing. And the long title is again? The the. Long Lost First Play of William Shakespeare Abridged. <laughs> well done. I made you say it twice. <laughs> and I had to think about it both times. Uh, then our final offering this year is um, one we're, we're very, very excited about, something we've never done before. Uh, it's a world premiere of an uh, internationally renowned playwright named Neil Butte. Uh, he's worked a lot and he's done directed films. He's directed and written on, in, on Broadway. Um, and we were lucky enough to secure for our, reading, our new play reading series last year a new work of his. And we're now producing it fully. Uh, starting in August through the end of October, a play called How to Fight Loneliness. And it's uh, it's it's a play that deals with uh, a couple facing terrible and uh, difficult life decisions and how they sort of process those. It's not a play for everybody, I think. Uh, it's In that sense, it's different than we've produced before. It's I still think of it as great theater and good summer fare. But for, the, for those of you listeners who want more than just light, fun theater and want something meaty and tasty, uh, this is the play for you. Uh, it's uh, an incredible cast. Our artistic director, Brian Vaughn, a woman named Tessa Abrajanis, who's been with, who's with us years ago, and then Corey Jones, who some of you may remember if you saw King John here a few years ago in Cedar City. Uh, three actors, uh, David Ivers, our former artistic director, is coming back to direct it. Um, and, and Neil LeBute will be on site working with us for that world premiere. So uh, it's a season, like I say, a season of adventure for us as, as well as our audience. And uh, I couldn't be happier about the way things are shaping up and can't wait to get people down to Cedar City to see some of this work. Well, you've done a great job making us uh, all salivate at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and go, if you haven't had the chance, do not miss an opportunity to be under the greens under the trees on the campus of Southern Utah University, to the side, I should say, of the campus. And in the evening, those late summer evenings, a chance to see a play. And if you arrive early enough, then, you know, you may be able to have a chance to to see the green shows and then see the performances, then stay overnight and see a matinee and then see another show that night. It is so rich in what it offers. There's even childcare, which is extraordinary, licensed childcare. Licensed childcare, fantastic people who love, um, it's my daughter's favorite place in the whole world. We still, in the off-season, every time we drive by it, she waves and says hello to childcare because she can't wait to go back. That's um, a, a ringing endorsement right there. <laughs> she uh, – well, and the things that we haven't talked about, but Cedar City is at the gateway to – we call it gateway to everything in some ways because you've got uh, Cedar Breaks to the west – to the east, excuse me, Zion to the south. You've got Great Basin, a top skip and a jump away, St. George, Mesquite, Las Vegas. Coming to Cedar City means that there's lots to do more, even more than just – 
you know, coming to shows, which we you know we want you to do, but come experience the beauty that is Southern Utah and, and spend some time with your friends or your family. And and as you expanded the offerings for food, it sounds like we've always had the tradition of also having dinner, an early dinner, and then coming mm-hmm. uh, to the place. So you can actually get uh, we we don't have we don't have total full meal service mm-hmm. at the festival, but there's plenty of every kind of food that you can imagine. And then restaurant, there are more restaurants than ever. Two new ones just opened up right cl- just less than a block away from the festival. Uh, and uh, on our website, actually, you can see all of the all the food offerings on our, our visitor's guide section. But there's a lot to do in Cedar City, more every day, and it's just stunning. It's beautiful. And, and with the new theaters, you've got to have a chance to explore that as well. Go online at bard.org. Take a look at all the shows. Grab the tickets before they're sold out. And while you're there, look for Josh Stravros of Media and Community Relations. Josh, thank you so much for coming today. We're so excited to see the curtains pull on the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Thank you, Rebecca.